0: Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the school leadership toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy to implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit, or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit, or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Olshansky, I'm a mom of 4 under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life, and I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today, I am talking about why traditional ROI doesn't work for school leaders, So if you've been following the podcast for a while, over the last couple of weeks, I've been really bringing up some different topics that um, are a little bit unconventional. So one of my most recent episodes was how to stop playing the fairness game. Uh, If you haven't had a chance to check that out, definitely take a couple of minutes to go listen to that after today, after you listen to today's episode, where I really talk about how directors specifically are becoming obsessed with the fairness game and trying to treat everyone fairly and how that's really, really hurting their cultures. And so today is kind of a little bit of an offshoot of that where we have become so obsessed with ROI and we've taken a lot of corporate America structure and how they look at ROI or buying a house or investing in a real estate property and how ROI is quantified in different industries across the world. And we have over-indexed on following those quote-unquote best practices and brought that into education, early childhood, and child care. And the reason why that is a problem is because traditional ROI, or what is considered best practice for other industries, does not work in education, does not work in leadership development. It just doesn't. Because traditional ROI for leadership development fails to look at and capture other critical metrics that really impact the overall company's mission, vision, values, brand, retention, reputation, so many other factors that are on the line that you don't think about when you're investing in real estate, that you don't think about when you're buying a house, your own personal home, that you don't think about when you're buying a car, that you don't think about when you go out to eat in a restaurant, that whatever it is, like we're not thinking about. All of this huge spectrum of other returns in other industries. And this is why when you're making leadership investments in your school, you can't follow the traditional metrics of return on investment. It doesn't work. You're not you're looking at it from a skewed approach. Okay, And so today I really want to challenge these traditional ROI metrics and then explore the limitations of when you look at it solely financially, how you're missing the broader impact of leadership development and overlooking really hidden costs on employer morale, retention, work-life harmony, organizational infrastructure, and culture, and really considering a much broader realm of why you even started the business to begin with. So let's dive in. the the first thing I want to kind of create a benchmark for is I advocate for return on investment. It is really important to evaluate investments that you're making, where you're looking to invest money, all of that. But I'm also an advocate for rethinking the use of financial ROI as the sole metric for evaluating leadership development initiatives, like mentorship, like training, all of these things. So let's first Create a baseline. The definition of ROI. ROI, which is stands for return on investment, is a performance measure used to evaluate the profitability of an investment. So ROI is used to measure the profitability of an investment. ROI tries to directly measure the amount of return on a particular investment reflective to the investment's cost. So if something costed ten dollars, hundred dollars, ten thousand dollars. How are we measuring the return on that? Now, the very definition of it, where we're evaluating the profitability of an investment, is completely convoluted when it comes to leadership development because we are not looking at the profitability of a return on investment in a person. Your people are not cash registers, they are not. Here's this investment property. I plug in X amount of money and I pull out X amount of money. Humans are human capital. They are real people with real lives, with real emotions, with real families, with real futures and legacies. And they are not a piece of real estate. They are not a car or a lawnmower or any other piece of whatever that you buy. They are people. And looking at it from the perspective of evaluating it solely from profitability, we're missing all the other angles. When we invest in people and leadership development, it increases the person's ability to lead in a volatile, chaotic, disruptive, and uncertain world. Hello, 2023. Volatile, uncertain, chaotic, all the things disruptive, So when organizations look beyond developing senior executives, right, and really look at the whole talent pool and say, how are we investing in all of our leaders? Now you've created a competitive advantage for your company to lead in today's world. So we're making decisions of investments based on metrics from other industries, like investing in a property or in a thing, which is one mistake. And then we're looking at the people and we're saying, well, I, I wanna invest in their training. Okay, but what training are you investing in? Are you investing in their leadership development and their ability to lead in today's like climate, which is uncertain, volatile and chaotic and disruptive, or are you investing in their skill to, hey, can you run that classroom better? Or do you know how to tame that tantrum better? Or do you know how to you know, deal with these two kids who keep fighting with each other better? That is important. But that does not touch on the high levels of leadership that owner CEOs, and executives are really looking for when they're making these kinds of investments. When we look at return for dollars in your bank, you look at your team as cogs in your money-making machine. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. When you look on ROI of how many dollars do I get back in my bank and how quickly do I get the dollars back into my bank, you look at your people as cogs in your money-making machine. You need to stop obsessing over the dollar amount return. And I will create a lot of context for you here. So buckle up. When I hired an operations consultant to come into Schools of Excellence business and work on the operational infrastructure, because over the last six years, we have have had several growth years. And this is our second maintenance year where we're really focused on optimization and building assets and infrastructure. So I invested in hiring an operations consultant to come in to clean things up. And in the interview process, I said to her, here is how I determine the ROI of working with you. Number one, I have 10 more hours in my week that I am not doing busy work. You have cleared up 10 hours in my week that I can sit and write a book, which is part of my legacy. Number two, I am sleeping better. I am not waking up in the middle of the night worrying about, is this shit getting done? It's getting done because you've created the systems, the SOPs, and the processes. So I am sleeping better. Number three, the distractions and interruptions in my day from incoming stimuli from my team has decreased by 30% because my team is working at optimal speed and efficiency. And people know where to find things. Number four. You have hired me a new executive assistant who can assist in all of the maintenance of this and further create more white space on my calendar. Those are the four ways that I told her, this is how you know you're winning in this job. This is how I will know that I have gotten a return on the investment of working with you. At no point did I tell her, here is how much money you need to help my business make. None of those metrics are tied to dollars. None of them. The first question that so many leaders fail to ask, right, is what will be the return on brand, on mission, on quality of life, on retention, on reputation? All of those things. The first question that all leaders ask is how much does it cost? How much does it cost? Well, let me ask you some other questions. If you get paid X amount of dollars per year and you work 30 hours a week, what is your hourly pay? Okay, so let's say you get paid $80 an hour. I don't know. Let's take a clean number, $100 an hour. Okay, would you pay someone $100 an hour to upload pictures on social media? Hard pass. No one should be doing that. I don't care how amazing the social media manager is. Posting images on social media is not a $100 an hour task. Here's another question. Would I pay X amount of money to do whatever fill in the blank? Most of the time it's no. But yet we're afraid to make investments in people to go and take action on these things. So with leadership development, we think I shouldn't have to pay for that. I shouldn't have to pay for that. That costs too much money. I shouldn't pay for that. When you only look at the dollar amount, you make poor choices because then everything is about money. Everything is about the cha-ching in your cash register. People are human capital. They are human capital. So what you're really saying when you say, how much does it cost? I can't afford it. I can't make that investment, Um, whatever it is. Here's what I need you to sit with here. Okay, truth talk here. Love bombing coming right at you right now. There is something that you don't think is worth to invest in your people. You are terrified to take a risk on your people. This is not about money. You can make the money again in twenty minutes if your director enrolls one child. Boom, she paid back for the investment. Enrolling one kid. If you can't enroll one kid, we're this is a totally different conversation. Okay, enrolling one kid is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as my five-year-old likes to say. That is easy as pie to enroll one kid or two kids or even five kids. This is not about, oh, am I going to make back the money? Well, enroll one kid and you make back the money. Okay, no. What it is, is we live in this transient world where the owner believes, well, what if they leave me? And and if they leave, then I invested all this money with them. I said this at my live event, we have become a society that is so driven by fear, we have become afraid of the wrong things. We immediately go to, what if my people leave? I'm like, what if they stay? What if they stay? Why does no one go to, what if I invest in my people and they stay with me? So here's the truth. You are afraid to part with your hard-earned money. Here's a conversation I had with an owner. We'll call her Jennifer, okay? I said, Jennifer, you can always make more money. Here is what is way harder to acquire than money. Way harder. A loyal director, a growth-oriented leader who has boundaries and knows how to take care of her staff. A leader who knows how to have difficult conversations and has the courage to lead. A leader who knows how to hold people accountable and is not afraid. You have people on your team right now who have inside of them human capabilities that if you invested in them and pushed them to the next level could exponentially explode your business. Smart people, wise people do not stay in companies that do not invest in them. If you are not investing in your people right now, Here's what you need to understand. You are never going to be able to have the top talent on your team because smart people who are talented and gifted and creative work in companies that invest in them. They work in companies with leaders who believe that they deserve to be invested in. We are belittling the abilities of you as a leader and of your team. When you keep saying, how am I going to make back the money? You could make back the money in a 30-minute tour. In a 30-minute tour, you can make Mac the entire investment. This is not about the money. You do not believe that that person is worth investing in. And that is where it gets messed up. We blame money. We're like, oh, but I can't afford that. Yes, you can. It's so much deeper than that. Across the board, I see it again and again and again. Many, many CEOs do not believe that their teams are worth investing in. They're like, oh, they need to learn all these other things before I make a leap of faith with them. They need to do this. They need to all excuses, lovely excuses. So here's a question I have for you. And if you're driving, I'd love for you to go back to this minute mark and write this question down on a post-it and put it on your computer and on your screensaver on your phone. What? What? makes a director worthy to invest in? What makes you worthy to invest in? When will you be worthy to invest that kind of money in yourself? When will your directors be good enough for you to say, oh, now they're good enough. Now I could invest in them. Why can people invest in carpets and not think for a second about the carpet investment, but the human capital on their team is like, ugh, Here's why. We don't value leadership development. We don't value the human capital on our team. We do not value the quality of life. We have become obsessed, obsessed with materialism and money. I need more money. I need more centers. I need more this. I need more kids. I need more, 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 more. And we're missing out on all the things of we are legacy and impact And mission and vision is really created. It's through the people. I worked with a client who was starting to look at her exit strategy and possibly selling the business or passing the baton to someone else in the company. And when I was chatting with her about who she kind of had in mind, she said, well, I think this person, you know, is a great candidate. And She was talking about all her leadership skills and her business skills and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, so let's say you went out tomorrow. Um, How many months would it take her to make the company bankrupt? And she's like, what? I was like, answer my question. If you left tomorrow, how many months would it take this person until the company went bankrupt? And she stopped for a minute and she thought about it. And she's like, I don't know, probably like eight to 12 months. I was like, okay. So your business is not ready to sell or exit from because in less than a year, everything that you've built over the last three decades would be gone if you passed it to this person. So what do you think you need to do to make your business ready to exit from? (sighs) And then she said, all the stuff that you hear all the time. Oh, I invested in this kind of lawyer and I am desi- hired this designer to change all the beautiful furniture and we're creating hardwood floors over here and we're designing carpets over here and I hired a brand new marketing team to make all of our tour processes better. So I listened to her finish and I said, okay, okay. And I said, okay, and so who are you going to leave to run all the stuff, right? Who's going to make sure the carpets get cleaned and the floors get washed and the tours get continued to be updated? Like who's running the place? She's like, oh, she would. I said, okay. So let's say you did all of those updates. Now, how many months would it take her to make the business go bankrupt? So she's like, I don't know, maybe like two years or three years. I was like, oh, okay. So you bought yourself some time by making the carpets look prettier and creating a better marketing system and lead acquisition system, right? So you have, you know, cash coming into the door, but eventually the the pot becomes so big that the, the cash just doesn't exist anymore. So I said, do you see where I'm taking you? So she looks at me blankly and I said, my dear, what breaks businesses? Poor financials. Not not a good P and L spreadsheet, and I said, "My love, look at me in the eyes. Here is what breaks businesses: people, people, not unmessy carpets or hardwood floors that have scratches on them. That does not break businesses. People break businesses. People, actual humans. I was like, you can have a million dollar strategy. You need a human to lead." This company to make nuanced decisions, to seek wise counsel, to understand how to lead from a place of company values. You are missing the opportunity to invest in people. So she still wasn't convinced. I said, okay, open up your order cart. I want to see how much money you are spending on floors and carpets. Just show me, show me the bill. I want to see the invoice, how much money you are investing in this. And I want to know how much time you deliberated on the decision. Like how many hours, days, weeks did you think about, should I buy the carpets? Should I not buy the carpets? Should I invest in the floors? Should I not invest in the floors? She was like, oh, the designer told me what to do. And I, I, you know, gave them my credit card. I was like, okay, so that was like a five minute decision. Okay, great. Let me see how long it took you to make a five minute decision. Let me see how much money you spent on a five minute decision. So she shows me the cart. And I'm like, dear love, there is $30,000 of floors and carpets in your checkout page. And it took you five minutes to make that decision, to spend $30,000, took you five minutes. But I'm sitting here with you for almost an hour showing you how to invest in human capital and not only are you not anywhere close to making that decision, which is a quarter of what you spent on the carpets and the floors, but you're still like, eh, I don't know. So I said, what does that teach you about where your mindset is? What does that teach you about the way that you view the people on your team? What does that teach you about what you value? Right? I see your company values. They're all listed right behind you. When the rubber meets the road and you need to make a financial decision, here's the lens that you're using. Money. So really one of the top values in your company should be money. But you would never dare do that. Dear gosh, you're not, you know, a money hungry person. You would never want one of your company values to say money in the back. But yet every decision that you have been making over the last three years has been through the lens of money. So that means you value money. Now, Money is a tool. It can also be a value. People do value money. I value money as a tool, a tool to do all the beautiful things that I want to do that are connected to my values. So we are making decisions from a completely misaligned place when it comes to ROI, I was like, you can invest a quarter of that in the person who will be leading this business that you spent three decades building and you're hemming and hawing on making a decision on making her a better person, but it took you five minutes to decide if you can drop 30 grand on carpets. Sit with that because for you, it might not be carpets. It might be toys. It might be food. It might be painting jobs or doors or knobs or bathroom tiles. I don't know. Or software. Dear gosh, there are people that have obsessions with software and childcare. We need this kind of software. We need that kind of software. We need this kind of thing. We need this kind of Google spreadsheet. We need this kind of click and this kind of automation to come over here. And we're automating the heck out of things. And I'm like, people, people is where it's at. The people. Say it again the people. That's where it's at. It's the people. So let's talk about other things that you can look at when you're investing or making investments in leadership development. Return on energy. Leadership roles can be extremely demanding and time consuming, right? School leaders are at the highest percentage of burnout and emotional exhaustion. Understanding how to invest in their leadership and training development helps leaders gain more energy back in their lives. They learn how to do stress management, delegation, time management, energy management to reduce stress levels. They are learning the skills of how to lead the everyday moments of the day, not just how to nail the tour and cha-ching, there's more money in the bank. Leading a tour is really easy, guys. It's really easy. Having a difficult conversation with a teacher Again and again and again, having the courage to hold the person accountable, having the courage and the faith to fire this person because they are not the right fit. That is hard. That is leadership development. Having a difficult conversation and understanding how to manage your energy after that difficult conversation before you go into the next thing, understanding how the wavelengths work of okay, I need to take a pause right now before I go into the next thing. Because if I go into the next thing without a pause, I'm gonna verbal vomit over everyone. That is leadership development. We are obsessed with investing in our people on how they can make us more cash. I gotta invest in this. I gotta help them do this. I got. Could you teach them how to not be terrified to tell the teacher that her sleeves are too short and her neck is too low and she needs to go home and change? Because that violates the school dress code policy. How many people have the courage to have those conversations with kindness, without judgment, with generosity, with grace? That is a skill. That is not, oh, you either have it or you don't. Nonsense. It's a skill. You can learn. It's called leadership development. And it's something that people are not investing in. When you invest in training and development, The return that you see is more white space, reduced stress levels, more free time for creative thinking by prioritizing self-care and personal development. Leaders boost their energy levels. They improve their overall well-being. They bring better ideas to the table. So many CEOs are like, well, she doesn't bring any creative ideas. I'm like, how can someone be creative if they are literally in survival mode? All day. Fires. Boom, 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 boom. boom. How are they supposed to do anything? How is their brain supposed to even have capacity to think, hmm, what would be a better way to do this? All they're thinking is, please let me go through this with like my ability to still put oxygen in my brain. Let's talk a return on time, right? We keep talking return on money, return on money. Let's talk return on energy. Let's talk return on time. Early childhood school leaders, Need to understand how to manage their time because the very nature of an early childhood schedule, childcare schedule, is their staffing changes on a daily basis. In the beginning of the school year, there's an influx of new kids, which means more kids are crying and transitioning in the beginning of the year, which means you need more support staff, which means you need more capacity to have the stimuli of hearing so many more crying kids. Did you know that that exhausts and saps your energy listening to crying kids? It does. And it's part of being in a childcare facility. You have to know how to manage your time schedules during the different seasons of the school year. So many leaders miss out on this. They're like, well, she isn't doing this or that. I'm like, it's September, September, please stop expecting her to do that. It's September. She is dealing with all of these things right now. And in October, it will quiet down a little bit and she will have capacity. I promise, get off her back. Stop riding her ass. She'll do it, right? The challenge is we, we don't have awareness of these things. Why? Because we've never been taught. That's what leadership development is. That's what leadership training is. That's what it is. We all have so much training in the financial realm of like, you know, live on less than, live on less than you make and don't acquire credit card debt and don't do this, and don't, right? And we obsess over the p and statements. Here's something to obsess over. Their schedules, their calendars. What the heck are they doing with their time? And at what time of day are they doing it? Are they trying to have one-on-one meetings during morning arrival? I've seen that before. That is a director that doesn't understand how to manage her time. That is taught in leadership development. That's where that is taught. Let's talk about my all-time favorite, return on mission. When you invest in yourself, When you invest in your leaders, you understand how to get a deeper understanding on the impact and the mission and the purpose that you're going after. Because what's happening is we're investing in this tactical tips and tricks world. I need this tactic. I need to help them do this thing. I need to up their game over here. And we're missing out on what would happen if I had a leader. Who understood how to go about her day or his day from the lens of company values, from the lens of the mission that we're doing, what we're actually trying to build here in this company, right? You, you're not a shoe company. You're not a restaurant. You're not a real estate company. You're a childcare facility. You raise the next generation of leaders. That is your mission. You are raising the next generation of humans who will be the next generation of leaders. And yet, where are you investing all of your time and money? On systems, on tools, on carpets, on doors, on doorknobs, on handles, on shower fixed heads. I don't know. Are you investing in people? Are you investing in people? Because that's part of your mission. It's the return on your mission. Your people's ability to connect with the kids. That's where leadership development sits. So let's close out here. The limitations of using the financial ROI as a sole metric for evaluating leadership development initiatives has far too many limitations and far too much of a um, devastating reach if that's the only metric that we use. We have to advocate for looking at a more of a comprehensive approach that considers all the other factors of energy, time, mission, impact, decision-making. When we invest in ourselves, whether that's a coaching program, going to a specific mastermind event, Um, hiring someone to come do leadership development in person for your company, investing in your directors to have a program. This helps them build skill, mindset. I I always say this, mindset before mechanics. It helps them build a network to understand, to have a place to consistently up-level who they are. You're developing a strong and engaged team of leaders who link arms with you and help you build your mission, your purpose, and your legacy. And if you're fired up about today's training, today's podcast episode, and you're thinking, it's time. I need to invest in myself. I need to invest in my people. I would love to have a conversation with you. You might be a good fit for our leadership day. You might be a good fit for our leadership immersion experience, which is a full year experience on leadership development for your team. You might be a great fit for our Owners HQ program or a Directors Inner Circle, whatever it is. If you're even a little bit curious and ready to take that leap and believe in yourself that you are worthy and your team is worthy to make these investments, then I'd love to invite you to fill out an application for our Owners HQ or Directors Inner Circle. We'll jump on a call. You and I we will talk about the season of life that you're in. We'll talk about the season of business that you're in. Your goals your mission, your impact, your values, what you want to see, and we'll see if it's a right fit. I'd love to have the opportunity to have a conversation with you. And I want to thank you for listening to the end, for joining me for today's conversation on flipping the mindset on how we invest and grow our leadership teams in early childhood. Thanks for joining me today. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. If you're a school leader, I bet you have a super long to-do list with all the things that you need to get done every single day. you got to-do lists of what the teachers need, what the parents need, what your leadership team admin. You also have to-do lists about your visionary stuff or your future goals that you want to get accomplished. And every single day, it's a hustle against the clock to try to figure out how to check off every single thing on your to-do list. Today, I actually want to share with you a whole new way to tackle your to-do list and understand how to actually battle out the competing demands that happen inside of a childcare center. It's my little secret sauce called having a do not do list. So instead of having a do list, you have a do not do list, a list of things that you do not do until certain things get completed, or a list of things that you do not do anymore if you want to create sustainability and long-term legacy inside of your center. I'm teaching this strategy and a whole bunch more of my credible tools in the Priority Reset Workshop on February 29th at 1130 Eastern. I want you to join me and dozens of other school leaders to reclaim your time, to learn how to balance those competing priorities, and most importantly, focus the time, energy, people, and resources on the activity, on the priorities, and the work that actually move the needle forward. I look forward to seeing you there. Click the link in the show notes to register.